This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you're listening to the Maps Step Back Podcast. TK. I like this, TK. I like that. Yeah, it's the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no acting, no Samuel Jackson. Dirk at the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, get tragic. Look with the ball, yeah, get nasty. He'll drop 30, don't gotta ask him. Got Chris Stapps, coach at the Adam. I spaz like Dallas, set out on rapping, God. If Lucas shoot the ball, you know that it's cash. But my boy still living the past. Now he got my boy Chris Stapps, looking like Dirk and Nash in the gap. They just wanna ring, wanna fill the gap on your team head. I ain't talking heads, dang, go relax. Still at the champ, Diva still coming with the calibers. How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Step Back. Mavs podcast. I'm your host Dalton Trigg. I'm joined as always by my co-host and DallasBasketball.com colleague Matt Galatson. Tonight we have another special guest for you guys. He's the new head coach of the Texas Legends, the Mavs G League affiliate team. Uh, he's George Galanopoulos. George, how you doing? Doing really well. Appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. We're glad you took the time to to come on with us tonight and talk about a, a lot of different, you know, Mavs and Legends topics. But, uh, Coach, before we get uh, into all the uh, player development stuff and uh, talking about the Mavs and Legends relationship and all that, uh, give our, our listeners just a little bit of background information on you and, you know, your story and how you got to be where you're at now, which is the head coach of the Legends. Sure. Well, uh, I'm from Buffalo Grove, Illinois, which is a suburb of Chicago, up north, about 40 minutes, and grew up there my entire life. Uh, played basketball in high school, and I started coaching younger kids in high school, about 6th, 7th grade at AAU, and uh, went to college at Indiana University, was the manager of the team there my junior year, graduated and moved out to Bakersfield, California, to work for the uh, Bakersfield Jam, who are now the Northern Arizona Suns G League team. And uh, I was there for three years, was an intern, worked up to assistant coach over the next couple of years. Uh, they, they wiped the staff clean uh, my third year after the Phoenix Suns bought us and they got a whole new staff. So I actually ventured out to New Zealand, was an assistant coach in the New Zealand NBL for their season, which goes from March until June. So kind of a different part of the basketball season. Right. Came back and landed a player development internship with the Dallas Mavericks. And I've been in Dallas ever since. I started uh, with the player development internship. I got hired with the Legends as an assistant the following season. And then they hired me full-time in the video room uh, in the, before the 17-18 season. So I was there for the last two years. And uh, this opportunity came up, and I'm now the head coach of the Texas Legends. So uh, in between... A couple of those stops, I I also uh, got the position as a head coach of the Uganda national team. So once a summer for the last three years, uh, I go out to either Uganda or somewhere else out in Africa, wherever our tournament is, and I also help coach that team. 
So right. it's been a wild, wild ride, a lot of different stops and a lot of different places, but it's, it's been an unbelievable journey and, and really, really gratifying. And I'm just really grateful to, to be in this position and, and talking here with you guys. Right. And I, I remember, uh, it was a little over a year ago, uh, there was somebody, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but there was an incredible piece written about you and your time as the uh, the Uganda national team head coach. It was a really, really nice piece. That's when I was, uh, when I really first got started, you know, knowing a little bit more about you and your role with the Legends and everything and, and the Mavs, and here we are, so. Yeah, that I got to give a shout out to uh, to Jake Fisher, Sports Illustrated writer. He was the one that, that wrote yes, that article. We had, yes, that's we it. Met, uh, we met at Summer League, uh, just having lunch at the same table, and uh, just started talking a little bit and just told him a little bit about my story, and he said he wanted to write a piece. So uh, he's an incredible writer, really great person, and uh, really grateful that you know he took interest in that, and I think he did a great job. Well, Coach, it, it sounds like you know you've been obviously a lot of different places, and I guess that's kind of the life of a coach. You know, you're you're always going from job to job, where you know wherever the next opportunity lies. But um, I guess my question for you is, what's unique about coaching in the G League as opposed to you know the other stops where you've been uh, along the way? And is there something more difficult about it with all the the player turnover, or, or how is that? Yeah, so I think the, the first thing that comes to mind when talking about uh, you know how unique the G League is compared to other leagues is first and foremost the roster turnover uh, with so many guys bouncing in and out, getting called up, uh, guys submitting their names into the G League player pool halfway through the year because maybe they you know stop playing overseas then you're you're waving players and you're signing players there's just so much movement uh, not to mention all the assignment players from NBA teams um, and you know two-way players now going back and forth there's just so much movement that it's really really difficult and a, a, an interesting challenge for a coach and a coaching staff to navigate all of the change and the roster turnover and really trying to keep players focused on you know the the cliche term, the process, right? You're focusing on just the, pro- the process of the day-to-day getting better um, and really focusing on what you need to do every day to get to where you want to go as an individual player within the, the umbrella and the system of the team and, and the NBA club. And it, it's difficult, you know, but it's a great challenge. And I think, you know, the other unique part about it is that at the end of the day, you know, players along with staff, want to be somewhere else, right? Um, and not to the point where, you know, they're, they're ticked off every day that they're there. Sometimes that happens when guys are getting restless, but so many people are focused on either getting a better contract right. or uh, you're moving up to the big league club that you're technically coaching guys that at the end of the day don't want to be there or they want to be somewhere else. So, again, as a coach, you just do your best to help these guys as much as you can. Uh, every single day to help them focus on the present moment and that day and getting better at the things that they need to get better at to be where they want to be. So, you know, it's easier said than done, obviously, but I think that's that's part of um, how unique the league is uh, in, in, in those respects. And it, it, at the end of the day, it's great. You know, you got guys that are there to get better at the end of the day. And, uh, I, I think it's really gratifying as a coach when when you can be around good people, good staff, good players, high character guys 
that are just willing to work every single day. And the greatest thing about it is when you've worked with a guy every day for a number of months, even maybe a couple of years that he stuck it out in the G League, and he finally gets that call up. You know, he finally gets that call up for that big contract. And I've, I've been really grateful to be a part of, you know, close to a dozen call-ups over my span uh, of years in the G League and dating back to Bakersfield, where it's just the greatest feeling in the world to see these guys, and, uh, you know, achieve their dreams. And it's really, really cool. Yeah, and I mean, the, the roster turnover, it's really not something I had thought much about until you mentioned it uh, just then. So I, I can definitely see how that can be difficult for a coach having to, deal with new guys all the time and I mean really even with the Mavs up until recently it seemed like they had a bunch of roster turnover you know over the last few years and then this summer they finally uh, have guys locked into long-term deals so that'll be nice going forward for them uh, and we'll I mean we'll get into this a little bit later we're, we're going to talk about the unique bond between the the Mavs and the legends and you know how that kind of makes it better for you and everybody else involved but uh you, you talked about how it makes it easier coaching high character guys and I mean I, I kind of I'd imagine that the legends I mean they're basically run by Donnie Nelson and uh Mark Cuban has his hands in that now too so you have to think that they they approach it the same way that they do with the Mavs and wanting what they call our kind of guys. So uh, I know that probably <clears throat> I know that probably helps you out, and I know it helps the product on the floor too. But, uh, Coach, I'm going to go into this one now. You know, that the one-and-done NCAA rule has been talked about a lot. Uh, they're eventually going to go back to where kids can go straight from high school, or at least, you know, that's what we think is going to happen in a couple years is, you know, they'll be able to go straight from high school to the league again. But there's been some talk over the last year, year and a half, about guys potentially choosing to go play in the G League versus playing in the NCAA for one year. I'm curious to get your thoughts on that, if you think it's a good idea, uh, what what benefits can playing in the G League give these guys versus going to college for one year when they know they're just going to go for that one year and bolt? I mean, what what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, so it, it's a really interesting scenario. And just, you know, at surface level, trying to put bias aside, being involved in the G League and the NBA, uh, from a development standpoint, I think it'd be great for these players because what they're doing is right out of high school, uh, they would be playing at a level that is that is just below the NBA. The game is played very similarly. Uh, it's it's arguably the second most you know, talented and best league in the world. Um, so so they they would get better, and there there'd be a big learning curve. Obviously, you got you know the shot clock and the pace and just a different style of play. Um, and I think it's I think it'd be great for the development uh, as far as making that jump from. You know, high school to the G League, and then it would make it easier going from the G League to the NBA potentially the next year because you have a year under your belt of similar rules and style of play and you know, playing against high-level talent. Uh, there's also a lot of things that go into it. You know, when guys want to hire agents, for example, an agent might look at that opportunity similar to, you know, a high-level draft pick playing in uh, in the combine. 
You know, he yeah. might hurt his stock. You know, why why try to hurt it and expose any sort of weakness at the at the next level playing for an entire year when he could just go to college, he could dominate, and then his draft stock is okay. Um, those are conversations that are had as well, and that agents and certain people influence whoever it is. Um, you know, not not naming names or saying anything. That's so. Those, those are just there's a there's myriad situations and scenarios that are out there that you know you could say are beneficial for the player to do it, and that are not beneficial for their well being. And there's a lot of people coming at them from different angles in regards to that. But just as a coach looking at it surface level from a development standpoint, I think it could only be good for the players. Now, you might want to take into account, too, that the players want a college experience. You know, the the travel in the G League is not extravagant as a high-level D1 program. The facilities aren't as good. Uh, you could say that the facilities aren't good and they don't have the resources that will foster the right development like a big-time college program like Kentucky. You know who's flying, you know flying private, and they, you know, they could probably got 17, 18 managers on the team at the players' beck and call. So, they're, they're, like I said, there's a, there's a bunch of different scenarios and reasons whether they would want to do it or not. I think from just a pure development standpoint, to go from high school to the closest type of played game to the NBA would only help them in their development for the next season or their readiness for the seasons to come. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that, and i I think it's I think it's harder to, and I mean, I know a guy can dominate in in, in college, and you know we can look at it and say, man, he's going to be great at the next level. But because the style of play is is so different, you really just don't know until you get them get those guys with an NBA club, and uh, you know see how it works out. So I, I'm with you. I think from a pure development standpoint. Uh, it'd be a great idea for them to go to the G League and uh, because of the s- similar style of play. But uh, yeah, a lot of good points there. And another one that, that also comes up is the money aspect. So uh, we've seen a, a couple of guys choose to play overseas instead of going to the G League because they, they have better uh, or more lucrative offers to go do that than to play in the G League too so yeah I mean I've always been a fan of the of the idea for um for players to jump to either the G League or Europe it's it's uh it's always been one of those things for me where you know you hate to see the the player go to college for you know a semester and then you know once it that that grading first grading period is over. They really don't have anything to do but play basketball. They don't really have to keep up as much with everything. But um, and you know the, the the development part also. I think you know being around real professional athletes and and all that stuff is, is is great for the for the younger guys. And you know speaking of development, coach, um, one of the people that's uh, or one of the players that's very intriguing to a lot of Mavs fans, especially is Costas Antetokounmpo. You know, obviously the younger bro- younger brother of the Greek freak, and um, you know, I, I guess we're just wondering, you know, what have you seen from him so far uh, in your time as the coach, and you know, what do you think we'll get to see from him this year in terms of maybe you know getting up to getting up to the big league or something like that? Yeah, so Kostas obviously is is very talented, and you know, a lot of that talent is is still a little bit raw. I think we forget that. Uh, 
you know, his, his one year at Dayton, he didn't, he didn't play that much. And, you know, there's, there's still a lot of, uh, a lot of basketball to be played for him and everybody's development curve is, is very different. I think as fans, um, as just as people that watch the game and follow a team, um, we forget that everybody's development curve is different, right? And their trajectory is different. You know, guys don't make it in the NBA sometimes until they're 27, 28. Uh, it just takes a lot of time for guys. And I think Kostas uh, has made some great strides. I think uh, a big part of uh, a young player's development is understanding what it means to be a pro. And that's something that he's gotten a lot better at over the last year. And being a pro is not just, you know, an, an attitude or a mentality. It's it's a whole approach. It's a day-to-day approach, understanding what it means to, to take care of your body. Uh, anything from nutrition to a strength program to conditioning. Uh, all of those different things uh, fall under the umbrella of what it means to be a pro. And that's something that he's getting better at over time. And, you know, we're seeing improvements in practice and uh, in his spot-up shooting and his ability to make decisions. And he's, he's still working through it. You know, he's not uh, he's not close to where his, his ceiling is. He's not even sniffing the surface. But, you know, we're positive that if he keeps at it and, you know, he continues to uh, to learn and to practice and you know, to pursue this journey the way that he's doing it, uh, that sooner or later that you know the light bulb's going to go off. Uh, he's still, like I said, he's still very young. Even though you look at it and say, well, he's you know 22, 23, everybody's development curve is different. Like I said, so you know we're confident if he sticks with it, and, and uh, you know he he just continues to 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 move upwards, um, you know, towards towards his goals and you know where we see him fit that you know, he'll, he'll be a contributor to the Mavs down the road. Coach, and an- another thing on Kostas, it definitely can't hurt to see him working out with his brother Giannis and <laughs> and his other brothers during the summer, every summer, right? Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's what you want to see. If he could, if he could turn into a you know, Greek freak part two, that, that'd be great. But, you know, he needs to, you know, there's a lot of comparisons with him and his brother. Can he be this? And, and the reality is, you know, he's, he's working to become, you know, the best version of, of Costas and right. doing, he's doing a good job at it. And, you know, that, that, that's not a bad group of guys to be working out with over the summer. I think, uh, you know, he respects them a lot. Obviously it's not only his family, but he respects his, his older brother and what he's done. Even Thanasis, you know, Thanasis has carved out a nice career overseas, now signed with the Bucks. Um, you know, just, he comes from a lineage of very, very hard workers and uh, the more he's around that, especially in the summer, I think definitely the better. Yeah, yeah, he he definitely has a lot of potential there. Uh, he uh, some big shoes to fill, especially if you're going to compare him to Giannis, like a lot of people do. It's just a natural reaction. But uh, the I, I think it's I think it's best to kind of temper expectations a little bit while still being hopeful uh, with Costas, just to just to kind of make it a little bit easier for him as well. But, guys, we're going to take a quick break here. We'll be right back on the other side, so stay with us. All right, guys, we're back. Uh, we still we still have uh, Coach Galanopoulos here with us. Uh, Coach, we're going to pick back up with the player development stuff and you know get your thoughts on a couple of guys and 
you know, as I was watching Summer League this year, one of the standouts in my eyes was Josh Reeves uh, from Penn State. He signed one of those Exhibit 10 contracts with the Mavs. Uh, last year, Dante Ingram signed one of those contracts with the Mavs, and now he's he's with the Texas Legends. So I'm I'm going to assume that that's what will try to be done with Reeves here. But, I mean, he just – he really impressed me in summer league. His defensive instincts uh, just seem to be off the charts. Uh, from everything I've seen and from what I've read, he needs to work on his shot a little bit. But just overall, he looks like a guy that could stick and make it in the league. I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts on that, what you saw from Reeves, and what you could see for him potentially in the future. Yeah, no, we, we were extremely happy. We are extremely happy with Josh. If he plays for the Legends this year, then we'll be extremely happy as well down there for sure. Uh, he's a great kid, and I think you know when, when you look at him and the way that he plays, what stands out, obviously, is what you said, his defense, uh, both off the ball and, and on the ball. His, he's already an NBA-level defender, and you throw in just the natural instincts he has. You know, he, he looks like he's... A couple times I saw it, it looked like he's just playing almost lax defense a few feet off the guy, and then all of a sudden like he comes up with the steal, and he didn't even realize right. that you know he, he was close enough to get the ball. Like He does these things that you just can't teach, and it's instincts, like you said. And I think the thing that surprised me a little bit was how athletic he was. Um, he got up, uh, whether it was in warm-ups or a couple fast breaks uh, you know, for big-time dunks. And it's, it's not the dunks that are impressive, just more – that explosiveness, you know, when a player shows that, uh, you know, you know, more than once and, and relatively regularly, uh, it's there. You know, that means that that explosion, that athleticism, uh, the ability to play the game that way uh, with that sort of burst is there. And that's important in the NBA. But you throw in the fact that he's got an incredible work ethic. He's a great guy. And, you know, I, he shot the ball relatively well. Um, obviously, that's something that he needs to sharpen up, uh, which which we're confident he will. And he was already working at it in summer league, and um, you know, working with coaches. And he's very coachable. Like I said, he's a great kid. So you know, I'm I'm confident. We're all confident that he's going to get to that point where he can become a knockdown three point shooter. He knows how to play. I think that's important in today's game. You know, not just not just playing a role, but understanding how to play the game. The game is obviously a lot faster, played in a lot more space. There's a lot more randomness uh, to the offense in the NBA. Uh, a lot of drive and kick basketball, attacking closeouts, read and react. And so understanding how to play, how to make reads, how to make plays for others, not just yourself, is very important. And I, I think he showed a good amount of that this summer for sure. Yeah, we uh, a lot of a lot of people on Mavs Twitter. We we started the hashtag Reeves Hive during <laughs> during summer league because we we were so excited. Like, man, we, we knew that they signed this guy to that uh, Exhibit Ten contract. But I mean, when it happened, I mean, there wasn't much much fanfare around it, and then he just explodes like he did, like he did, and we're just like, man, how. In your opinion, Coach, why why do you think that, that he went undrafted? Was it just because he's an upper, upperclassman, or what was the deal there? Not sure, to be honest, but we're, uh, we're happy he did, obviously, yeah. at least in the sense that he, <laughs> that he came to us. Um, yeah, there were a lot of guys that, that were in love with him in our organization, and we're talking about him 
um, you know, at a certain number. And, you know, we had them a lot higher on our board than other guys did, obviously. And sometimes that happens. I mean, there's guys every single year that slip through the cracks. I think we saw firsthand a guy like Yogi Ferrell. You know, everybody yeah. wants to talk about everybody wants to talk about what a guy can't do. And then all of a sudden you give a guy an opportunity and he has to start, you know, in Portland against a, a strong Portland team. The guy puts up, you know, thir- 38 points in the game winner. Like that's crazy things happen like that. And I mean, it's, it's not necessarily crazy, but it's it's unexpected because so many people just let them slip through the cracks. And, and he might be one of them, but he's, you know, he's a great kid. Obviously, and he's he's very very talented, and we're just excited to have. Him. Yeah, I, I'm excited too, and I I know one thing, and I, I don't know how similar your coaching style is to say like Rick Carlisle, but I do know this about Coach Carlisle: if you play defense, you know you'll you'll eventually get a chance to make a name for yourself, and uh, I really hope that he gets that opportunity this year. But uh, Matt, you want to go from there? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, obviously, you know, speaking of Rick Carlisle, there's um, there's a great relationship between the Mavericks and, and the Legends. I mean, obviously, Donnie Nelson is um, the grand poobah of the whole thing, and uh, you know, we said, you know, we mentioned Mark Cuban and uh, Eddie Nahara was a coach there for a while, and you know, there's. You know, obviously, you know, great things going on in both places. I mean, I was a, I was actually an intern with the Legends myself for a little while there, uh, a few years ago, and um, I got to see kind of the inner workings of, you know, how how the places run, and it's 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 really impressive. So, I guess what uh, one of the things we wanted to get your opinion on is, you know, what makes that relationship so special between the Mavericks and the Legends, and you know, everything they've got going on in Frisco and and all that. Yeah. So. Obviously, at surface level, just the fact that you know Donnie Nelson uh, had been so involved for so long, continues to be involved. Now Mark Cuban is involved in it as well. Uh, Al, Al Whitley, uh, who's a longtime Maverick, uh, you know, now has a, a front office role, a dual role where he's you know overseeing the legends as well. Uh, you know, myself, who has experience with the Mavericks, now is back with the legends. And there's a number of other people over the last three, four years that have had experience with the Legends and worked with the Mavericks as well, vice versa. And, you know, to me, having been around the last three, four years and seeing that, uh, besides, like I said, the the obvious, you know, overseeing that Donnie Nelson and Mark Cuban has done over the years, uh, you know, to have staff as well as players. In the last year, there was, in the last two years, there's been a number of players that have moved up from, uh, they got called up from the Legends to the Mavericks. You start to see that synergy working and manifesting itself a little more now than it ever has. And whether it's staff members or players or you know, the guys at the top overseeing it all, there's the gap is being bridged even more uh, every single year. And I think the biggest part of that is the relationships that the individual relationships that have been cultivated throughout the years between the people that have worked in both. Uh, so for example, for me personally, I think it really helps that I've been with the Mavericks for the last two years. And then also one, one year as a player development intern that I have those close relationships with the coaching staff, uh, you know, specifically Rick Carlisle on down through, you know, Jamal Mosley, Mike Weiner, all those guys. Um, and then Al Whitley has been there for 20 years and has a close relationship. So now the line of communication is open 
more open than it's ever been and it's clearer than it's ever been. So those relationships, I think, foster the communication uh, in order to best help and develop these players at this level to potentially help the Mavericks or you know move on to bigger and better things. Coach, I'm going to branch off of that real quick, and then we'll, we'll let you go here. We appreciate the time you've spent with us. But just would it be fair and to say, and you've, you've been around – uh, the Mavs and the G League, and you know, you've probably as a as a result of that, you've been around other G League teams and stuff like that. Would it be fair to say that the Mavs and the Legends have, you know, a, a better connection franchise to G League than you know the rest of the league? Is is that a fair assessment, or am I just being a homer? No, I mean, I think you can point to a number of teams that have a really good relationship with their G League club. You know, the first one that comes to mind is Houston Rockets. Uh, I think I saw a number today that uh, over the last, I don't know, three, four years, they've had by far, uh, you know, the most assignments, meaning players from the big league club that they've assigned to RGV. I think it was like 250 or something like that. Um, So they've used it a lot. The the San Antonio Spurs have used Austin a lot. So there's a number of teams uh, that have that have really utilized the G League over the years, and teams as they're buying new ones are starting to figure it out and do it even more. I think we're getting there too. I think it, ours is, I think, more unique than anything else, and we're also getting better year by year at again opening up those lines of communication and using it as a player development hub for our young guys. Uh, I think the one of the most valuable parts of um, this G League situation is the proximity just being 25, 30 minutes north is is something that a lot of teams don't have. You know, Miami, for example, has done a great job over the years, uh, you know, having synergy between their G League club and Big League club, and theirs is in Sioux Falls, which is (laughs) obviously the other side of the country. It almost doesn't make sense, right? But they've still figured out a way to make it work and develop guys that have ended up helping them at, you know, the Big League level. And, you know, for us, it only works to our advantage even more to have us you know, 25 minutes up the road, I think it, it helps our staff as well. You know, if it works out where both teams are in town, we can go to practice. You know, we don't have to fly from Sioux Falls to Miami to do it. Um, so I think those are some of the benefits that we're, that we're starting to realize and are becoming more clear and that we're trying to take advantage of as much as possible and, and started to over the last few years. So it's only been getting better and we're very excited, you know, for, uh, for you know, new beginnings this year, and just continuing you know, the tradition of of uh, developing staff, developing players, and ultimately trying to help the Mavericks win basketball games. Very well said, Coach. Well, look, we we definitely appreciate you coming on with us tonight and talking about a lot of different Mavs and Legends topics. And I think I speak for myself and everybody else at DallasBasketball.com when I say congratulations on your new head coaching gig. And we wish you nothing but the best going forward. Thank you so much. I, I can't even tell you the the outreach of love and support from you know, the Mavericks and Dallas community has been overwhelming. So I just I appreciate you guys and thank you so much for having me on today. Matt, you have any other words? Yeah, just uh, just thank you so much, Coach. I, uh, I we're really happy to have you on. I'm I'm really excited to see what you uh, bring to the Legends and uh, you know what you can do with those those young talented guys that we got to watch in summer league and the other ones you got down there. And uh, we're all rooting for you. I really appreciate that. I know we all do. Make sure you guys uh, 
make the 25 minute drive up north come to a game this year absolutely coach absolutely all right we appreciate it we'll talk to you later coach thanks so much guys all right guys again that was texas legends head coach george gallinopoulos a really good dude had some really good insight uh, on what he's expecting from guys like Costa Santacumpo and uh, potentially Josh Reeves if he ends up with the Legends, which, Matt, I, I, I really think that's a strong possibility. But uh, we're just going to talk about a little bit of uh, what he was talking about earlier. I, one thing that stood out to me was he confirmed what my eyes were already telling me. You know, I I have a tendency to latch on to players way too early and <laughs> you know kind of kind of kind of uh what what's the what's the word here? I kind of elevate expectations for said players but, <laughs> but he said that Josh Reeves is already an NBA-level defender, and that made me so happy to hear because, I mean, it, it's just obvious. I mean, he it looked like he was playing cornerback sometimes during during summer league. So, I mean, he's he's got it. He's ready to go. <laughs> yeah, um, I, you know, I'm, I didn't really watch a lot of summer league this year, but from what I heard um, and what the little that I did see, you know, he – Seems like a like like he would be a great addition to the Legends and eventually, hopefully, the Mavericks. I mean, hey, if like you were saying earlier, if if he's that good of a defender, Rick Carlisle like you know likely give him a chance. So yeah, he'll get a uh, shot. You know, and, and speaking of, of Carlisle, I, you know, I I haven't obviously watched a lot of film on on Coach Galanopoulos because you know the Uganda isn't exactly. Um, easy to get a hold of their film, but, you know, I, I kind of wonder how his coaching style is going to differ from Rick Carlisle in, in the sense that, you know, they, obviously they try to run the same sort of system, at least offensively, I, I would think, um, yeah. uh, you know, up in Frisco, so that, so when the players do make the transition, it, it's easier for them, but um, I don't know, I just, I'll be interested to see, I'm going to, I'm going to go to a couple of games this year, I think, up there, because, you know, they're really fun, and uh, I'll, you know, get to see how he, you know, is, is cultivating and developing that roster. It should be pretty interesting. Yeah, and I mean, speaking of coaching styles and, and you know, we, we've congratulated uh, Coach Galanopoulos for for making his way into the, the Legends head coaching role, but I think we should take a second to congratulate uh, Bob McKinnon, too, uh, you know, for what he did with the Legends for a long time down there very respected uh g league coach and uh, i don't know if uh, you know his his contract expired i don't know if he's i don't know if he's going to retire if he's going to pursue another uh head coaching job in the in the g league or or what's going on there but uh he did a great job while he was there yeah the legends were always one of the you know one of the top g league teams you know pierre jackson had a had a hand in that as well, and Pierre Jackson, and, um, man, you know. So it, it, he he ran a, he ran a great little. I don't want to call it a program because that sounds kind of collegey, but you know that's that's basically what it is. Um, he did a great job, and you know he sounds like he's passing the torch off to a really uh, worthy successor. Well, look, I I I think Josh Re- going back to Reeves because I I can't get Reeves Hive out of my head. He's your new baby. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, 
we've since we've already established Justin Jackson as a starter, you know, I don't have to keep harping on him too much, but <laughs> Oh, well, by the way, by the way, guys, we're going to have Justin Jackson on uh the step back. I think it's like the second week of August. Uh so that's that's something for you guys to look forward to. Yeah, and um if he comes out next season and, and just kicks ass, then you'll have a lot of uh, Twitter bullets to fling around, and it'll be very interesting. Oh, my my told-you-so game is going to be on 100 emoji if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna, because I have – I mean, look, you look at the guy's number. I just put out a piece on DallasBasketball.com. I talked to Cuban about it. They're really high on him. I mean, if – if you if you understand how high they are on their own guys, it makes you understand a little bit more why they approached free agency the way they did. Okay, hold on. I agree. Whether or not they're right is another story. Oh no 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 no. They're, right. they're, the way they approach free agency, I absolutely do not agree with. I think <laughs> I think they missed a lot of really good opportunities. I'm just saying. Their lack of aggressiveness was probably because of, you know, how much they believed in their own guys that they have. They weren't going to, you know, that's why they went out and offered Danny Green a three-year, $36 million contract. They weren't going to grossly overpay him because they weren't, they, they didn't feel like they were desperate. Um, so that that's all I'm saying. That Now, whether or not that's how they should have played it is a, is a completely different story, but I think that's why they they played it the way they did. So yeah, I um, we could do like a whole another hour long podcast on yeah. that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I got off on Justin Jackson there. But my whole point with Reeves was, uh, from what I saw in summer league, he looks like he's an NBA player. Uh, Coach Galanopoulos confirmed that he's already NBA level defender, but needs to work on his shot. So I mean, I. <sighs> You never know. I mean, he might he might be in a situation this year like what Coach was talking about with Yogi Ferrell a few years back, get his shot and just, you know, stick from there. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Coach had a lot of good things to say about Costas as well. Uh, really good guess. But, Matt, we'll, we'll take off here. And uh, before we do, though, you want to tell everybody about the event that's happening at Fish's Maverick Bar? Yes, uh, sadly, I will not be there. Um, I can't. I, am... I can't be there either, guys. I'm really, really sorry about that. Until <laughs> until we schedule one of these things on a Saturday, and it, you know, give me like a month's heads up to plan to make my seven hour drive out. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be hard for me to make it, but uh, yeah. Well, we'll both be there in spirit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm actually currently in Austin. Um, with my family for my dad's birthday and my birthday as well. Happy birthday to me. Thank you. You can send donations to our Patreon. Happy um, birthday, Matt. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be great. It's going to be a lot like the thing we had at Petty Colas. If you, if you went to that, um, uh, skin and fish and, uh, Chris Arnold and, um, a whole bunch of other maps, you know, personalities will be there um it's 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 gonna be great and there's more than just beer for those of you who drink more than just beer uh they've got great food they've got you know great liquor uh it's it's a real it's a real uh real sports bar and do they have balconies matt 
I don't know, but they better. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, my dad got me a bottle of True Blue for. I saw that. I was I so jealous, in, and it is so good. I was so, very jealous. Um, Gonna yeah, have to. I'll, I might bring it home. Um, but yeah, so anyway, uh, it's going to be great. Everybody should head out there. Um, fish and, uh, skin will be rocking some special attire as well. I'll let Dalton tell you all about that, but it, it should be a great time. Yeah, guys, the, the beautiful kind of aqua blue t-shirts that will have Matt and I's beautiful faces on it. That's what you'll see fish and and skin wearing tomorrow and if you would like one please send a dm to at stepback mavs on twitter and we will take care of you <laughs> how's how's that for advertisement matt did i do a good job that, with that that's good yeah just uh yeah just just slide into our dms at, at stepback mavs and and we'll give you the details and you know, we we can either have it shipped to you, or if you're local, we can arrange for it, for you to uh, pick it up somewhere. And um, you know, it's they're they're great shirts. I, I I love the idea of people wearing my face. So it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's really well, cool. And we've they're been, great shirts. They're super comfortable. We've been pro we've been promising these to people for a while, and guys, we we just got the shipment in today. So get them while they're hot. Uh, but again, you'll get your first uh, real-life look at those shirts if you go to the Maverick Bar tomorrow night. So, As if there wasn't already enough draw, <laughs> you get to see our t-shirts. Yeah, yeah, they definitely don't go for, you know, fish and skin and, you know, uh, the, the music and food and all that. Go for the step-back t-shirts. That, that's what you need to go go to the Maverick Bar for. But <laughs> All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week's episode of The Step Back. Again, just make sure you like, rate, and subscribe to the pod if you haven't already. If you want a T-shirt, hit us up. We will hook you up. And have a great weekend, guys. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.